Hello and welcome to What's Brewing CISFA. What's Brewing CISFA is a podcast produced for the California Community College's Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I serve as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. As we are in the week before the start of our spring semester here at the college, we've got Dana off working on other things and keeping students out of my office. So, as goes the news, the news goes solo. Let's get this thing started. And again, welcome to What's Brewing Seatsfa. Let's start this show with our normal first cup. Which is actually a cup of coffee waiting to be brewed for me. As uh, it's still uh, a little early in the morning. By some standards. But today, it's all news. may not be a very long show because there's not a whole lot of news going on right now. Just some minor updates coming out from the Department of Ed and the state and otherwise. But let's start it off. First and foremost, we had an application announcement from the Department of Ed put out at the end of last week, letting us know that there are processing delays for the Department of Homeland Security's save process, which is their systematic alien verification for entitlements program, save S A V E. So in the second and third step verifications, there is some uh, delays being experienced. This is a system used by a lot of colleges to confirm uh, students who are not um, U S citizens. So eligible non-citizen status when it doesn't get confirmed through the process, through the FAFSA application. So it says here, is experiencing significant processing delays that are caused increased, causing increased response times for both automated second step and school-initiated third step verifications. You know, it may take three or more weeks to process a response. So as you're saying here, as a reminder or to mitigate some of the delays. They're saying, please do not complete the resend record to matches process in the central processing unit or central processing systems online uh, system for financial aid people. This is in case you're getting a no cases found message when searching for a student's case. So keep that in mind. You don't have to keep resending. They are having an experience in delays in their system. On to the next article from Federal Student Aid People. Tentative 2022-2023 funding levels for campus-based aid programs have been announced recently. So this is, for those that want to know, campus-based aid is federal work study and what we call the Federal Supplemental Educational Opportunity Grant. The reason they call them campus-based, because in a sense, unlike other aid, a campus gets a set allocation of money for each of the two programs, work-study and that FSEOG grant. And then they have to divide it up accordingly to students based upon some federal rules and some flexibility given to campuses. Unlike, say... Pell Grant, if a student qualifies for a Pell Grant, they get a Pell Grant. 
for work study and FSEOG, there is some limitation of funds. So not every student who may qualify may get the money. But as it says here in this announcement, as of the date of the announcement, which was the end of last week, appropriations for 2022-23 campus-based programs have not been determined. Um, thus, as it says here, we have based the awards year tentative award funding levels on the amounts contained in the appropriations from last year. Again, these are tentative because until like the federal government sets some funding limits and or you know funding for the program, I should say, we won't have the final awards. But again, this is stuff that you can always look up if you want to by going into your FIS app, F I S A P report to look at and see what kind of funding it looks like you're going to have for the coming school year. Because some schools do use that money strategically when planning how many students are going to hire on campus for work study, how many students they think they can give that FSCOG grant to, and otherwise. Let's go with one last update from the federal student aid people, at least directly, I should say, from FSA. This was also an electronic announcement from a couple weeks ago about 2022-2023 FAFSA verification and that there's an IRS tax return transcript matrix available. So yes, if you ever wanted to see the matrix, not the entertaining kind, this is the one you're looking for. And basically what it does is it, it's a kind of like a grid kind of thing. It's in Excel, of course, and it helps you match up the questions on the FAFSA to the lines from a tax return or a W-2 or such uh, that get reported on the form. Normally, it's pretty straightforward. It's things like adjusted gross income, uh, income from work, taxes paid, etc. But sometimes it's like take this number, subtract this number for certain untaxed benefits that get reported on the FAFSA that are not just right there on the tax return. You have to do a little of the calculation so that matrix is available online and just so you know you'll have links to all of these in the show notes the last thing that's coming out from uh the government at least at all uh, the federal government was a a report recently by the gao the general uh i think it's the general accountability office if i remember the name right i scroll to the bottom of the page but this page is very long and so this is uh, on COVID-19 related things here. It says significant improvements are needed for overseeing relief funds and leading responses to public health emergencies. So this was a report to congressional committees published at the end of last week and released. So as it talks about here, what the GAO found, you know, you know, new cases and virus variants continue to challenge the nation. New daily reporting increased sharply from December 1st to January 3rd, primarily because of that newest variant, the Omicron, and otherwise. So according to data here, it talks about, you know, how many people are vaccinated and all. And what I want to get to here is some recommendations in the areas of where the federal government has put money, like rental assistance, nutrition, tax relief, etc. Uh, and again, as the title says there, that there's improvements that could be taken into account here based upon what has been done through the federal government so far. 
Uh, I won't go into a whole lot of detail because this is a very long one. But if you want to read up, there are some parts here, of course, that touch on education and also touch on higher education. Now, moving from federal to state level, I have an operations memo here in front of me from the California Student Aid Commission from November. But it's a good reminder anyways, because I think... uh, you want to know about this. This is about Cal Grant, California Community College Entitlement Award offers for the current school year we're in. So initial selection was done for these CCC, California Community College, Entitlement Awards. And they're what we call our E3 awards. E for entitlement. Three because it's like a, a one, a first level, second level, and third level, how they process them. So... Um, as you might not have known or we've talked about, maybe the state budget for the year did include expansion of the Cal Grant program by establishing this new entitlement grant. This establishes Cal Grant A and B entitlement eligibility for students attending a California community college who were not awarded at the time of high school graduation. See, the thing has always been, as we talk at high schools and all, at least as I do in my job we usually tell so we used to tell students that it was easiest to get a cal grant right out of high school or the year thereafter and the reason was there's entitlement cal grants that if you met all the criteria applied on time you were in a sense entitled to receive it there wasn't a limit on the number of awards whereas let's say you took a few years off found yourself maybe even went into the military and such and then came back to college. Now you're no longer eligible for entitlement awards. You were only eligible for competitive Cal grants. So now you're getting scored on how high is your GPA, how low is your income, etc. And there were a limit of a number of awards. This new program here is a new entitlement program specifically for California community colleges. So as it says here, 139,000 plus awards were offered to current California Community College students. 2,900 of those, specifically for California DREAM Act applicants. 45,000 plus preliminary awards were offered to students who listed a California Community College on their applications, but who attendance at a community college had not been confirmed yet. So, These are pretty big numbers. Read more about it in the ops memo. But it gives you an idea that, again, we're expanding Cal Grant eligibility for, really, a lot of students going to community college that may have missed out when they first got out of high school. Article I found out at uh, Higher Ed Dive. Pretty useful website. It's What I like about it is, is it kind of falls right between some other sites. There's a course. The Chronicle for Higher Ed, which costs money, you have to sign up for. And sometimes you have to put up with their political leanings, as in they have fallen off one side of the boat quite a bit. And then there's uh, inside Higher Ed, there's some other websites. But this one for the price, which is nothing really, but you can get a newsletter for free still. Talks. Uh, the article I found was a, a brief, really, so it's not a very long article. But it talks about Secretary of Education Cardona 
calls for a reset in U.S. education system. And what he really means is reset of practices and policies so school systems don't backtrack to an equitable pre-pandemic systems. So <clears throat> this was in a speech he'd done on Thursday from either last week or the week before. Um, and he, as he talks about, you know, that we're in a better place than we've been, <laughs> you know, over these last couple years, you know, in-person list, uh, learning, you know, is now the time to make education the great equalizer he talks about. So it's a nice little read. Uh, it's good to hear, you know, from our secretary, whether you agree with what he does or not. He's at least talking about education on a broad scale. So read that up at higheredive.com, and I'll give you a link to the show or to this in the show notes. We got some news from NASA, but I figure what we should really do, play a little music, move our way on to the next part of the show. Just like that, guess what? We're ready for our second cups, everyone. Time to refill. Because if you did not know, and this is being recorded on February 1st, we are in Financial Aid Awareness Month. So out at the NASFA website, they have their Celebrate and Learn during Financial Aid Awareness Month webpage, hashtag FinAidFeb. I just wish that they would uh, hashtag send this out earlier because it's always a case that I'm reading about this on the last days of the month beforehand. And so my preparation for financial aid February is a little uh, short. But so uh, as it says here, each fall students across the country can begin the process of applying for aid through the FAFSA. And of course here in California, our DREAM Act form. You know, throughout February, uh, NASFA helps celebrate Financial Aid Awareness Month in an effort, you know, to provide information to our students and families about the access to federal, state, and institutional aid. So definitely don't miss out on this. The nice thing is they've got a really nice infographic or two or three, including a full one that covers literally all the stuff that they do in little breakouts, like Average Financial Aid Award, Federal Work Study by Family Income, Pell Grants by Income, and some other nice charts to see the impact of financial aid on students. There's also some FAQs you can use on financial aid. Uh, information on, you know, when to complete the FAFSA, FAFSA tips, general eligibility, uh, and more. So definitely worth uh, looking at all their handouts and other information on their website. Heck, they're even running a raffle. They'll choose five financial aid offices at random to win some some interesting prizes here. Their submission due date is February 25th. Check out the webpage. I'll send it to you in the show notes. Also coming from NASA, something good to see here, uh, a book I have not found yet apparently, and it's on about higher ed. They have a book review on The Agile Ca College, How Institutions Successfully Navigate Demographic Changes. Author Nathan Graw explores, according to this, how demographic changes may impact the market for higher ed in the coming years. Now, I will say I do have some other books on similarities or similar titles or topics like this, looking at, again, 
how demographics are going to impact higher education, whether that's ethnicity, age, offerings of what we offer students that they will need. Um, but it's a nice book. Uh, I have to read the book review. It's not too long here. Written up by the financial aid director over at Columbia University School of International Public Affairs. So definitely worthwhile reading. And as I say, buy the book. I rather have an office full of books on higher education and occasionally on financial aid than uh, not. Even if I know I haven't read them all, at some point it's good to have where your boss or your leaders come into your office and maybe they want to know more. Maybe they're the book reading types that have time for it. There's a big thing there. Um, and have the book on hand. In fact, I just gave a professor friend an co extra copy because I bought two of them of a new book put out by Mark Kantrowitz about, you know, who's graduating from college and why. And so I happened to buy two of them because it was reasonably priced. And I gave it to a professor friend who is uh, much more into the classroom stuff but he likes to keep up on what's going on about higher education, changing demographics, changing uh, types of students, expectations of students and such. Uh, and so I thought he'd love, like that for a read. But I will uh, definitely give you a link to this. Go out, buy the book, please. I haven't read it yet myself. The book again, The Agile, Agile Campus, College. Let me get started over. The Agile College. How Institutions Successfully Navigate Demographic Changes. Lastly, from NASFA, and I'm not going to go into detail on this part of theirs, but again, the NASFA's altitude, which again is this high-level thought, uh, thoughts coming out from Justin Drager on a number of things. So it was just, I was happy to be looking at it recently. So it says here, you know, what, what he's been reading last week. So Reddit asks, what do you wish it wasn't so expensive? And as Justin puts in his little thing, the top answer may surprise you. And what's missing from the top 10? Higher education and or college tuition. Which is a little surprising. Now, I, I'm not a Reddit fan, or I shouldn't say fan. I guess don't use it a lot to look up topics and uh, reading material. But uh, I'm wondering, really, what did they say was the top 10 things? And so I can see here. We have lots of interesting responses here. So maybe when Dennis has time, which is almost never, he might get around to that. But uh, it's, it's good to see what's, what he's thinking about and what he's reading. For example, he's, uh, somewhere down here, has he asks a question, has the four-day work week finally arrived for higher education? Uh, and so that's an interesting take because Again, there's certainly plenty of books out there and other writing about four-day work weeks. Heck, maybe sometimes even less. I know there's someone that talks about, what is it, the four-hour work week? Uh, <laughs> again, thinking about if you take out all the extraneous stuff and you really concentrate on the efforts that you can put into your job within a week, would you not really accomplish it all within about four hours? And I have to say, I think that guy's right on. Now, if I can just convince my boss to pay me for 40 to work for, we're all going to be winners. The last item here for the news day before we hit our last section, and maybe I haven't, I dare you to, you never know. I've been giving you guys all the hints on the open jobs outside of California 
I find out at the NASFA Career Center. I've told you about University of Wisconsin Green Bay. Be close to the Packers there. Had a director job open recently. Now in the other corner of the state. Director of financial aid position open at University of Wisconsin, Platteville. So Platteville, I believe, if I remember right, is in like the southwest corner of the state. Probably close to the Mississippi. You're still going to get snow. But uh, it's kind of was, as I always thought of it, it was kind of their engineering school. Uh, You know, a lot of engineering type programs at that school. So if you're thinking of leaving the state and want to go to the wonderful state of Wisconsin, where you get to see plenty of farms and cows, just like you do if you travel up and down California, but more family farms at that, uh, you definitely will get that. So... As it says here, the UW Platteville was founded in 1866. They offer 42 bachelor and six master's programs. It possesses institutional strengths in middle-level education, engineering, industrial technology, and who could have guessed? Agriculture. So it's in the southwest Wisconsin, largest and most historic community. So consider that if you'd like small-town living. If you're not already in one, or you just want to leave California find yourself in a new state. Give me a call if you need help finding friends or family. I may have some around there. You never know. Well, let's play a little more music, move ourselves on to the end of the show, and I'll get you out quick today to the rest of your things. I told you it was a light news day, and as such, we're already up to our last six. So, uh, again, when it's only one of us here, I can't play off Dana on a possible I dare you twos, but I do have one out there. It was kind of been spurred on by this whole um, Wordle discussion and being out here, um, and apparently how this is now... Uh, maybe diving into people pulling out board games. And so I dare everyone or anyone to play some board games with family and friends. You know, I hate to think that, you know, something that I see as fun, relaxing sometimes, maybe not so relaxing other times, but just a good release from everything else that you're doing to have been lost, you know, and lost to a, a new generation just because there are, you know, solo games you can play on your smartphones for hours or high-tech video games on your laptop, uh, computer, or on a big-screen TV. I think, personally, you know, board games are great. I do have a particular favorite. It is Monopoly. Uh, And I can remember a quote I found somewhere on the web that says, if you're not prepared to lose every friend you have over a board game, you're not playing hard enough. I think that kind of summarizes it well. I remember very many uh, competitive uh, games of Monopoly while being an RA in Oshkosh uh, with the other RAs, and we'd be up late at night in the staff the staff lounge, if you want to call it that, which is really the storage room of uh, construction paper and other things, uh, with Monopoly or other games. Scrabble, we played Scrabble, but I'm not very good at Scrabble, uh, and got beat really bad, but Monopoly got out of hand a few times. So definitely consider that. And if you do play Monopoly with me, I do have some very rare... Johnny Lightning uh, 
Maxbox cars. So literally, <clears throat> like your Hot Wheels or Maxbox cars that they put out years ago uh, with cars kind of based on the game of Monopoly. And not only you got like a regular Hot Wheel car, you got a token size one that you could use on the game. So I do have a box full of those when I collected those years and years and years ago that I'm more than willing to part with for those who are willing to play Monopoly against me. And guess, you know, I probably have about a dozen different types of Monopolies. And very few of the ones that are like the city versions, you know, like St. Louis or whatever. I do have a St. Louis one from a friend in St. Louis. And I have one for Manhattan Beach that just came out recently. But most of mine are the, you know higher level iterations that the actual Hasbro people or whatever have put out over the years. So I dare people that listen to me that know me to take me on a monopoly. I'm not saying I'm going to beat you. I guess like the game, but anyways, everyone, I think for today, that's all we really have on deck, but don't worry. We'll have a show at the end of the week. So I want to thank you for joining us here on the show today. And remember, Send your topics or opinions to us at wbcisfa at gmail.com. What's Brewing CISFA is a product is a production of Studio 1051, a creative collaboration of me and my wonderful co-employee Danny Arbrough. This has been episode number 158, recorded Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. Everybody have a great day and have a great week.